Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Halloween is a really big deal. And, uh, and it's all about fear. And if you really kind of notice, even in the uh, in streaming services or if you're watching on cable or at TV and everything else, they always love to show all the horror flicks. And, and they show all of these things simply because I believe that we're, we're addicted to fear. We're addicted to all kinds of different fears. And, and there's these ideas of phobias. And we have these phobias, whatever they might be. And today I want to talk to you about what we are to do with this fear and how we deal with it. Because our society and, our, and the season we live in seems to be just so uh, encompassed with this idea of fear. With the idea of, of, of being and the day that we're celebrating. Which is really kind of unique because this day is actually a day that we, um, is right before. It's the eve of All Saints Day, which is the day that we, we remember and we, re, uh, and we celebrate the lives of the saints that have gone on before us. It was actually a large, a huge religious holiday. And isn't it just like the enemy to take that over? Well, today I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about what we need to deal with when it comes to this idea of fear not. And if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay. My wife, Vicki, and I, we lead this amazing place called The Gate. Uh, We were based out of Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland area, but we have hubs. We have uh, places all over the nation, and we are just wanting to welcome you in. We want to thank you for being a part. No matter where you are or when you are watching this, we want to just welcome you in and th- thank you for being just such a part. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic day. And I want you to just think about this, the people that you're with. You see, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this fear not. And the Bible, over 365 times, in different forms, we are commanded not to fear. And I believe that, that as God and, and the, the Spirit of God uh, inspired the, the writers to write these down and these commands from the, from the Lord, to fear not, do not fear, be not afraid, all of these different things. It was one for every day of the, of the year. And I believe the reason is because he knew that we were going to live in a season, there was going to be a moment in time where fear was going to come at us. In fact, there's a story about, uh, about uh, Teddy Roosevelt, and he was, the, he was the president of the United States. And after he had led a charge um, in uh, world wars, after he had, or in, in major wars, after he had led the charge in, in bear hunting and going in all different kinds of things that seeming to have great courage, he was afraid of one thing. It caused him to hesitate. And that fear that he had was inviting Booker T. Washington, a black man, to dine with him in the White House. Now, this was in 1901, and the... And and the, we were just coming out of the season of, of war, you know, 50 or so, 40 or 50 years prior to that, our nation was ripped apart by civil war, greatly because the, we were enslaving a group of people simply because of their race, because of where they were from. Those were dark days and those were terrible days. 
And Teddy Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, was, was one that was not a racist. He was not one. He was fighting for civil rights. But the moment he came up with the idea of inviting this black gentleman, a great man, a great statesman of our nation, Booker T. Washington, to come and dine with him at the White House, there was something of a hesitation that came. What will people think? Will I lose my reputation? What will happen in this? And immediately, as soon as he had that hesitation, he realized there was something coming on him that there was probably something he should do. You see, fear is always pointing out something in our lives. Fear will, when, when we grapple with fear, when we get fear ab about us, they, there will be those moments of times. And chances are the thing that is fear is trying to stop us from doing is really what we should be doing. As soon as President Roosevelt realized that hesitation, he immediately went and sent messenger out and invited Mr. Washington to come and dine with him. Sure enough, there were people that came against him, couldn't, uh, and horrible things were said. But what I found what was interesting is what caused Mr. Uh, President Roosevelt to fear was what people would say. He had charged bears and shot and went hunting. He had been face to face with the enemy in insurmountable odds and went with courage to it. And yet there was that fear. So how do we deal with that fear? Well, how many have your Bibles with you? Say yes. Turn in with me, would you? Oh, and if you don't have it, say oops. We'll get your Bible out and turn with me to Isaiah, the 44th chapter. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 8, we're, going to, we're kind of closing out this time of our message with this, with this passage of Scripture, and we've been camping on this. But I want to remind you of it. I want to remind you, it says there, do not tremble nor be afraid. There's that command again of the violent upheaval to come. I want you to think about it. I want to just stop right there with that passage of Scripture. And I want you to think about as children of God, we are called to be ready for the violent upheaval that's coming. We are called to be ready, not to, uh, not to think it might be or whatever the case might be, but that when it comes, you see, even in times of upheaval, we've said it, when there's been a sudden violent change or disruption in something, from a pandemic that we've just experienced to a financial collapse, to a, a bad report that we received from the doctor, I remember a time when we walked through difficult times and, and it, in one moment it just shifts and changes. And if we're not prepared for those times, I shared with you many, uh, a few weeks ago that one of my close friends in life, he would always say this, Jay, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this idea of, of not to fear and how do we do that? Well, first we accept and then we plan. Then we work out and have that self-control that we just don't lose it. We support, we get the support all around us. And the most important is the support of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But finally, what we do is we prepare. And I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about, are you prepared for what might happen. Have you prepared for the worst? You expect the best. I'm a man of faith. I'm going to proclaim. In just a moment, we're going to proclaim the believer's proclamation. We're going to proclaim that we have a future that is out of this world. We're going to proclaim that we have a faith to move mountains and a favor from the King of Kings. But at the same time that we proclaim, do we prepare? 
Because there's a moment in time that that upheaval is going to come. Those things are going to hit us. And if we're not prepared, fear can come in and take us out. And I believe that it's so important for us. So as children of God, not only do we proclaim today, but we prepare today as well. So say it with me like you mean it and believe it. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five all around. If you're in a hub with us, give everybody a high five. Turn to somebody. Maybe you're by yourself. Give yourself a high five. Find somebody and message them out and high five them on, a, on an emoji. And just let them know. Bring them in and, and share this post with somebody. Say, I believe it for you too. Amen. Well, listen, I, I, I am so convicted and so I think I'm challenged today in my message. I know personally I'm challenged, and I hope today the message that I'm going to share with you is a challenge to you as well. And the simple reason is this, is because I believe we're living in a season of time that very few prepare for what's happening. I can't tell you that over the last uh, 18 months or two years, I can't tell you the amount of phone calls, uh, the amount of emails or messages I've received of people really questioning the times we're in. Thinking that this thing or that is, is, is surely is, is the end of time. And I believe that what's happening is, is this, is the upheaval. I was listening to one man preach just the other night and he says, he was looking at his wife and he just looked over to her and says, I feel like we're in a situation or we're in a place where our nation is literally coming unraveled. It's being dismantled one piece at a time. And I believe that the man is correct. But what do we do and how do we go about this? Where do we go from here? Are we able to take on and, and face this head on? When everything seems to be changing, some have asked, you know, honestly, they've been asking me, is the, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Is there something inside of the vaccine that we're coming with? Why is it that, that people are so mandating it so fast? Some are saying that it has to happen and others are saying it can't. One person says, I believe that everyone should take it. And the other person says, no one should take it. And another one says, they can't make me take it. And the other one says, yes, I can. We're living in confusing times we're living in times that, that, that are seeming to be so amazingly, I guess the word would say, contradictory. In one moment, in one mouth, in one place, somebody says something that the same person can say the exact opposite in another place. Why, how do we continue to walk in that? How do we continue to walk through these things? And I believe it is because we need to prepare our minds and we need to prepare our bodies and we need to prepare our spirit for what is coming. The Lord is very clear in that. In fact, in Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 3, it says there, it says there on the day of uh, one day, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. 
He replied. And I think Jesus' reply here is an indictment right to the core of who we are. And I encourage you and implore you to listen carefully to the next few words that I'm going to say. The next few moments that I'm going to speak. Because I believe we're in a situation right now as we come into this season of fear. We're coming into this time where it seems like all of the atmosphere is pushing fear and mayhem and demonic activity all around. This is what Jesus' reply was to that when it says, I want a sign. He said he replied to them, you know the saying, the red sky at nighttime, nighttime means the weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret weather signs in the sky, but you do not know how to interpret the signs of the times. I think to myself, how amazingly appropriate that is for our season. I must admit to you that this, this, this last, uh, or last several years or so, when I'm on my Facebook Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the little devotions, I kind of chuckle at myself because every single time I get on without even knowing it, I kind of give a weather forecast of wherever I'm at. If it's nice outside, I'll make a mention of it. I'm like, there you go. There's your, there's your morning weather. And, and I'm sitting back there going, why do I keep doing that? I mean, I, I don't worry about all that. But over the last few years, I've been struck at how clearly we can predict the weather. It used to be, I remember times where the weatherman would come on and say, it's going to be sunny today and, the, and a downpour comes. It's going to be rainy today and it's all sunny and beautiful. You could not always predict your day by the weatherman. But now our technology is in such a way that we can look at the skies and we know exactly what's going to happen. You can go out. In fact, I looked at one weather app and it says that you, you can plan up to a year in advance and get pretty close to what the weather is going to be. Now, I can't exactly, exactly explain that, but somehow they're able to do it. And what a, what a now word for us today, where Jesus is looking at the, the Pharisees. He's looking at the religious leaders. He's looking at the church people as if it's you and I. And he's saying, you know what? You can predict the weather so clearly. You can know whether you should wear a jacket outside or you should wear shorts. You can know if you need your sunglasses or you're going to need a hat. You know exactly what's going to happen for the very moment that you live and on into the future, at least four days in advance. You know what's going to happen in the skies, but you don't even know enough to how to interpret the signs of the times. Oh, what an indictment that the Spirit needs to have upon us. That we would wonder what exactly is coming down the pike. Can I tell you? There is no need for any of us to be a fear, uh, afraid during this time. I almost said be afeared, <laughs> which is kind of the way you, you say, I'm, I'm scared. I can remember my children being young and they're going like, dad, I'm scared. I'm scared. I remember hearing one little boy and he goes, I'm afeared. I'm afeared because we didn't know. But can I tell you that in reality, it's not simply not knowing but it's not preparing. I was watching a television show the other night, and in the middle of the television show, it was the story of a of a uh, of the, the whole storyline was one of the main figures passed away, and it was a very sad, sad situation. 
at the end of the at the end of the show uh, the of the episode, they had a dinner. It was called a dumb dinner. And during that dinner, as they had, no one spoke. But they made one line about it, and I was sharing with some people about this. And it was that it was a special pagan ritual, a pagan dinner in a, in a religion of witchcraft. And here on the airwaves, they're doing that. Now, I must admit, I am filled with the Spirit. But the way that it was presented was something of very, uh, very positive. The way that that dinner was presented was very uplifting and, and, and closure for people. And yet, the place that that dinner comes from, the line of thinking and the mindset that that dinner comes from, is straight against the Word of God. And as I was thinking about that, the only way that I knew that it was is simply for this reason. I had prepared my mind by knowing the word of God and rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, in 2 Timothy, he says there to show yourself, to show yourself approved, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I am sitting here watching this television show that I, that I know. And I, and I enjoy watching the show. But the moment that that scene came on, I'm sitting there going, that's not right. And it wasn't because of the discernment that I had in my heart. It wasn't because of the feeling. There wasn't this great darkness that came over. No. You see, the Bible says that the enemy will come in as the angel of light. He will mimic and he will come in. The word says that sin, the things of the, of the darkness, will be pleasurable for a season. It will come in and it will have the same exact feeling. It will have the same exact things coming in. But if you're not prepared in your mind to understand the Word of God, to understand when these things are not of God, you will be duped into thinking they are, and the fear will come upon you. You see, how do we not fear? Because we are being prepared in our minds, that we will, we will bring about that, that way of knowing exactly. But the way it is, is you have to know the Word of God. You have to know the salvation of, of God. You have to know the, the, that understanding to be fully known and to fully know. You see, what God is saying here is this, is that we need to understand these areas of our lives. We need to understand what God is saying to each one of us is that number one is that we need to prepare our minds, that we need to be able to understand that he says there in first Peter, the first chapter in verse 13 is prepare your minds for action. In other words, you need to have an idea. Where do we go from here? We talked about it a few weeks ago, is that we need to have a plan. But when we are, the only way to have a plan is to prepare and to have that pre preparation that when this happens, that we can immediately go in. I've never seen anybody that has this ability when there is a difficulty that's come than my wife, Vicki. When she walks in, I remember when, when, when her dad had a major heart attack. She walked in and was able to be very focused. Many of us have this. But I watch my wife when there's a time of, of difficulty or a time of crisis. And she'll be right in the middle of that. And she'll be focused and she'll be solid and she'll be strong and she'll be courageous in all of that. And then the moment it's all gone, it's, it, she, she'll need comfort. The reason... She's prepared her mind. She understands that upheaval is going to come. She understands that things are going to be there. 
She understands that there is an enemy force out there that's coming after her children, coming after her husband, after her marriage. She understands those things and can have a mind that's set on Christ. You see, that mind that's set on Christ, it is a mindset. There is this moment of time that we need to understand that there will be these days that, that, that will come in in the, that upheaval. But there's something else that we need, to be real, we need to realize as well, is not only does our mind need to be prepared, but so does our body. 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter in verse 18 through 20, it says there, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? It's literally talking there about how, what we put into our bodies, but even more specifically about sexual immorality. It says that is the one sin. There's all other sins over there, but that is the one sin that you, you violate your own body in that. And he says there, you need to understand that that sexual immorality is affecting this so that when the upheaval comes, you're not going to be prepared. If we're not, if we're not watching and, wait, and waiting, if we're not taking care of ourselves and exercising and eating right, we're not going to have the stamina Stress, anxiety, worry. The Bible is so strong in all of these areas where it says there, be anxious for nothing, but in everything give praise. There's a, there's a brand new song called Wait out by Maverick City. And it talks about waiting on the Lord. And part of that word waiting simply means to serve, to get, to be anxious or to go forward. And in the middle of that, he says, while you wait, don't complain. Don't gripe. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about what's coming up next. In other words, don't fill your body with things that's going to cause it to physically break down. Some of us need to be aware that there's going to be moments of time as the end times do come. As this, all of this pandemonium and the pandemic and the upheaval of our society, all the fear that comes in and, and things else, there are moments of time that if you're really taking an introspective look you're not even physically prepared to handle what's coming. And my challenge to you is this. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Let's, get, let's prepare our bodies. Let's prepare our minds. The Bible says there, when, when, the, when the scribes and the Pharisees challenged Jesus and says, what is the greatest commandment of all? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. That was, the, that was talking about the, the, the body. That was talking about to be strong, stay strong with your might, be healthy. We need a church that is going to be strong and will not cave both mentally and physically. That we can go forward. Many years ago, I had a moment in time where my throat was, was all messed up and I had a surgery on my throat. And over the course of that time, I, they, they did the surgery. And 15 days later, my throat opened up. All of the sutures and everything opened up. And I almost died that night. I was in the hospital. And the doctor told my wife later that had I been home that night, because I fought, I didn't want to go into the hospital that evening. My, my throat had started bleeding a little bit. And, and he goes, I'm going to keep you just for observation. Nothing's going to happen, but we'll do that. And, and, and I realized that night that that doctor, had he not it forced me to stay, I fought him, I fought him hard, but if he had not forced me to stay, I would have died because I wasn't taking care of myself. I, would, I, I had that, that bleeding disorder, whatever the case was. 
But I, the reason why I was fighting is because I had things to do. I had, I had meetings the next day. I had to be in those meetings and, and I had to do it. And sometimes we get all the, the things pile and pile and pile on us that, that we have to be the ones doing it all. And we can get wore down in our body. We can get burnout. We can get all of these things. The Bible says there that do not become weary in well-doing. That's that action. It says there, do not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. But are we, have our bodies been prepared enough to do? I remember as I walked through that, I asked God, I said, God, why didn't you just heal my throat? Why didn't you, why did that happen? And he says, because you wouldn't lay down. I said, what? He says, you wouldn't lay down. He goes, I'm going to make you lay down in green pastures. And I realized, I can't say that God made that to happen, but I can tell you that after that second time at my throat and having to have that surgery and everything else, I realized that there's going to be moments in time that God is going to expect us to take care of our physical bodies because, guys, this is all we've got. And we've got to be strong in that. We've got to love the Lord your God with all of our mind, with all of our spirit. And with all of our body. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. But then there's a last one that we need to do. And that is to prepare our spirit. First Peter again in verse 1 verse 13. Or chapter 1 and verse 13 simply says this. To not only prepare your minds for action. But keep sober in spirit. And set your hope completely on the grace of to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many of you understand that revelate that you've got that revelation that Jesus is the Christ? Peter had it. When Peter was when, when Peter was writing this passage of scripture, I think he was going right back to that moment in time where he says that you is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus was there several years before he wrote this passage of scripture and was saying this. He says, "Who do men say that I am?" Many said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah going on and on and on down the line. But who do you say I am? And Peter stepped up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He had a revelation that came on him of who he was. And on that revelation, the church is built. Peter's writing here and he's going, prepare your spirit. Get serious about this. Be sober in spirit. Don't be drunk on the things of this world. Don't get, don't get intoxicated by how many likes you have. Don't get intoxicated by how many followers you have. Don't get intoxicated by all the mayhem that's out there. Don't get intoxicated by all the, the, all the conspiracies that are on. You know exactly what's getting ready to happen. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. Oh, there might be some around, as the, as the Bible says in 1 Peter, some are, people are saying, hey, you've been saying this for a thousand years. You've been saying this for generations that Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back. When is he going to come back? Peter writes it this way. Jesus isn't slow in keeping his promises, as some think slowness to be. He's just waiting. Could you imagine? I want you to think about this for a moment. You're hearing these words. You're sitting back and you might be cowering in the corner. You might be sitting there fraught with fear. And you might be saying back there going like, what is to come? What is to come? And you're thinking that there is no hope and there's no help and there's, no, there's nothing coming. The cavalry isn't coming. The, 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 the help isn't coming. And you feel all alone. 
But can I tell you, the Bible says this, the reason why Jesus hasn't come back is because he's still waiting for that last person to commit their life. That last person here, could that, that person be you? Could you imagine if you were the one that immediately you bow your knee, you, 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 you kneel, you bend your knee and you bow your head and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and that God raised him from the dead. The moment that happens, all of a sudden, the church of Jesus Christ hears the trumpets coming because he's just waiting for you. Or your father, or your mother, or your neighbor, or your friend. Who's he waiting on? You see, the ends are coming. The fear is already at bay. But if you've prepared your mind with the word of God that you know what is and what isn't, if you've prepared your body to be strong and to be morally pure and to, and to be able to take care of yourself to where you can love him with all your strength, with all your might, with all your spirit, with all your mind, and prepare your spirit to be serious about these things. It's not a joke. I see people all the time just going over and, and, and gossiping over here and saying things over here, saying a little bit of a lie here just to get people riled up, fake news over here, and they're walking through all of this thing simply because it's a game, and that's the church. That's people in the church. That's those in leadership. You think of who Jesus was talking to just a moment ago, just, just, just at the beginning of this message. He was talking to the leaders. You know how to tell the signs of the weather. You can tell if it's going to be sunny today or rainy tomorrow. But you have no idea how to interpret the signs of the times. Somebody's lying to you and you just let it go. My friend, can I tell you, it is time for us to fear not, but to boldly go into a place where God has called us to go. He is calling us to go and not play games anymore. He's called us to walk and be strong, be strong in our spirit, be strong in our bodies, be strong in our minds, that we are serious about this. No more games, sober of spirit that our mind is prepared with the Word of God when we know when the enemy's coming in like light, when we know when the enemy's coming in and making it look all nice and pleasant, that God is saying, that's who I need. You want to be ready? You want to be prepared? Go and, get to, and focus your entire hope completely on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God and he's getting ready to come back. Hey, can I just tell you, God has you in his sights. He loves you and he cares for you and he simply wants to let you know that he is the son of God. And if you're here today and you're sitting there, all of a sudden it's just kind of dawning on you like, whoa, that's, that's me, that's me. I want to pray with you. And if you're here and you just simply say, so you're, you're saying, man, I, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Then I want you just to put in, your, in the chat back there, wherever you're at. If you're on our online, you're in YouTube, you're, uh, you're at Facebook Live, wherever you're at in, in, in this. And it doesn't matter when you're at. Just simply write in there, prepare, prepare, prepare. And we'll know that you're preparing your heart. You're preparing your mind. You're preparing your spirit. So that when, fear, when the thing comes in, you won't have to fear. You won't have to walk through all that fear, but you'll be ready and what God has for you. And I'm going to just invite you to pray this with me, but I'm going to ask everybody to pray it with me if you would. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords. Today, it has been revealed to me, to me, that you are the Son of God, that God raised you from the dead. And I completely place my hope in you. I will prepare my mind for action. I will be sober in my spirit. And I will walk with you for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if that's you, I just, I'm so excited about what God is doing in your life if you prayed that prayer. And we are praying for every single one of you. Vicki and I, we pray for you daily. And we believe that God is going to walk with you and talk with you. He's going to link up arms with you, and so are we. We're excited about what God has for you. We cannot wait to see what God has. We just want you to know that we love you. Blessings on you in every single way. In Jesus' name, have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor Podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.